From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, a show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Craig Robertson, founder and managing partner of Robertson and Easterling. Today, we'll talk with Craig about foster care and resource parenting. What is the goal of foster care? Who is eligible to become a resource parent? We'll also talk about child custody in Mississippi. Is it more likely that a mother will get custody of her children? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments, or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is a show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Craig Robertson, founder and managing partner of Robertson and Easterling. And today we're going to talk with Craig about foster care and resource parenting. What is the goal of foster care? Who is eligible to become a resource parent? We'll also talk about child custody in Mississippi. Is it more likely that a mother will get custody of the children? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions about child custody or foster care, 877-672-7464 is the number, or send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Professor Gershon. How are you? Doing great, Sharita, and it is so uh, fantastic to have Craig on the show today. This is really important work he's doing, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here in Oxford and glad you all are down in Jackson. Absolutely, and I think, Craig, you are an Ole Miss grad, is that right? I did. I graduated law school in Ole Miss in 1999. Awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about your legal background. Sure. I've been doing family law really from the very beginning of my career, and um, that mainly involves divorce, but certainly divorce is the umbrella, Hmm. child custody, adoption, termination of parental rights, post-divorce issues, all falls under that umbrella. Okay. Uh, So before we get into the the topic of foster care and child custody, we're going to talk about a couple organizations that are very important uh, when it comes to uh, bettering the foster care system and and its process. So could you talk a little bit about 200 million followers? This is an adoption agency, right? Right. It's 200 million flowers. Flowers. That's (laughs) all good. See, I just got off Twitter. So sorry. We answer, (laughs) uh, I've heard 1 million flowers, that flower thing that you guys are involved in. So yeah, it's 200 million flowers the name actually comes from the estimated global orphan population uh, it's anywhere between 147 and 210 million and there's a famous quote by mother Teresa about the value of life that says how can there be too many um, children it's like saying there are too many flowers mm. and so 200 million flowers is the name of the organization and actually by, by Lysinger we're an adoption agency but here most recently we've been focusing our our efforts on foster care specifically through a program called Rescue 100 and it's a faith-based initiative to train foster parents in an expedited fashion we're right in the middle of it right now we had a training two trainings last night one in Oxford and one in Corinth uh, orientations and we will do a 
intensive training weekend at Ole Miss uh, Law School the weekend of February the 24th. Okay. Um, and I wanted to, to mention really quickly, we are having some severe weather throughout the state. So there is a tornado warning in effect in Wilkinson County until 1015 and Walthall County until 1030. So we'll keep you updated on those things. Um, so how does one go about becoming a part of 200 million flowers or Rescue 100? Right. So 200 million flowers is kind of the operations of Rescue 100. Rescue 100 is the program. And so the very first step is to sign up for an orientation. We are, again, right in the middle of it. We have one in Hernando tonight at 6 p.m. And uh, there'll be two next week, one in Columbus and one in Tupelo. And we're also holding one in Brandon because this is uh, the one in Brandon is this Thursday. This uh, program is open to anyone in the state who qualifies to be a resource parent. And they come and learn a little bit about foster parenting. Uh, it's a one-hour orientation, uh, and we've got a resource parent, uh, Jamie Wally, who conducts these orientations, and it gives basically a one-hour crash course about what uh, resource parenting is all about. Now, I've heard inter- interesting things about the adoption process. I've heard that it is it can be a long process. Uh, I've heard that, especially when you're when you're trying to adopt a, a small child or a baby, that things can get a little bit complex. But uh, if you could just talk about eligibility for a resource parents, uh, you know, do you have to make a certain amount of money? Do you have to be a Mississippi resident? Could you talk about some of those requirements? Absolutely. Now. Adoption and foster care are two totally different things. Now, they're blended under this concept of orphan care, but they are two totally distinct um, legal solutions. A foster parenting arrangement is a temporary arrangement. Mm -hmm. So the goal of foster care is always to reunify a child with its family of origin. You know, sometimes because of the mistakes that adults make, it's not possible to put a child back in the exact same living circumstances from which they came, whether it be drug abuse or neglect or um, the parent is physically abusive or sexually abusive or whatever the case may be. And so oftentimes it's not safe to return a child into that very same environment. So when um, Child Protection Services is looking at, from a holistic standpoint, what's best for a particular child to create a permanent arrangement for the child, the first place they're going to look is in that immediate uh, family of origin. Secondly, they'll look to extended family, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, um, someone in the extended um, network of that child. Lastly, they'll look to the geographic area because, you know, you want to keep the kids in their in their same school, in the same church, um, in the same um, in the same activities that they were involved with. Unfortunately, because Uh, of the lack of resource parents in Mississippi, oftentimes a child who is removed from a home has to go to a totally different part of the state. So we'll have a child removed from a home in Hancock County, for example, who might be living you know, in uh, here in the central Mississippi area. And that's certainly not ideal. So the goal of Rescue 100 is to increase the number of non-relative families which are available to take children into their home because um, CPS agrees um, with us in the Rescue 100 program that it's best for a child to be in a loving home environment as opposed to a group home setting. Um, To answer your question about the length of time that it takes, you know, again, adoption and um, resource parenting being two totally different things, sometimes the placement for a resource um, child in your home could be very short. It could be just a number of three or four nights, but sometimes that could extend into months and even years often. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So uh, if you want to be a resource parent, can you be single? Do you have to be married? Uh, how much are, are those things weighed? Right. So essentially in Mississippi, you have to be a Mississippi resident. You have to be legally uh, single or legally married. You have to uh, be able to pass a criminal background check, and you have to basically be financially self-supporting and have a, a safe home environment. Now, there are other training requirements that a, um, a family would have to go through, but that, those are the most basic requirements. Uh, Dean Gershon, did you have anything so far? Well, Craig, I was just going to ask, um, are there some children that are maybe harder to place in foster care that really uh, you want to use Rescue 100 to to get them placed as well? Well, absolutely. So the older children are always harder to place. The um, My organization, 200 Million Flowers, was involved in creating the first Mississippi Heart Gallery, which is now a project of Southern Christian Services for Children and Youth. And what the Heart Gallery does is to help tell the story and promote these older children. You know, it's um, a lot easier to place younger children, um, children under the age of 10, in in a home. Uh, But when children become older, um, 13, 14, 15, 16, they can become much more difficult to place. And so um, the Rescue 100 program, everybody has different motivations for becoming a resource parent. Um, Some parents do have the, um, despite the fact that we talk about uh, Rescue 100 and resource parenting being about reunification, a lot of parents are motivated by the concept of adoption. Some aren't, and we try to educate them, generally speaking, what to expect. Um, But when a child becomes legally free for adoption, which means they are uh, the the parental rights of their biological parents have been terminated. When a child becomes legally free for adoption, unfortunately, the older a child is, the more difficult it is to find permanency for that child. So do you often find that once um, resource parents get into the foster care uh, system that they are more inclined to adopt that child because, I mean, it, it would seem kind of stressful to uh, grow a connection to the child. You know, you said some uh, stay with them for years, so you have an emotional connection and then they leave. So your thoughts? Absolutely. It's extremely difficult. And that's probably the hardest thing is um, the parents pour their, their lives and their soul and their energy into a child. And they, they truly, genuinely want what's best. These are People who are called to be foster parents are some, they're, they're heroes are what they are. They are some really, really special people who do very, very difficult work. We talk all the time about not everybody's called to be a resource parent. Uh, many people specifically, it's too challenging. The, the mm-hmm. challenge, as you pointed out, to care for an infant, for example, you know, for six months I had a conversation with a, with a, a resource parent just the other day who had a child two or three days after birth and she cared for that child until uh, the child was six months old, and finally reunification was able to happen at that point. And she grieved and cried, of course, when the yeah. child was, was taken back. So um, it's not for the faint of heart. It's uh, very, very difficult. But, you know, that's um, because of the possibility of having that loss, there's never a reason not to pour love into a child, specifically um, a child who's been let down by the adults in their life. Right. So how stable is the foster care system? I've heard of stories of children getting passed along from family to family and they're not necessarily uh, staying in one place for a long time. What what uh, what causes that? I'll, t- I'll tell you that um, Mississippi has been challenged uh, here for the last several years under uh, what's called the Olivia Y lawsuit. And um, so there has been sweeping reforms in the last uh, specifically in the last year. 
Um, but they've been going on longer than that to help dramatically improve the the foster care system to for better training um, for the people who are on the front lines doing this really hard, difficult work to have more resources available to them for their caseloads to be smaller. So I believe that we are making real positive strides. The um, but again, it's it's difficult work because, uh, you know, removing a child from their living environment is what they know. It's what they're what they're used to, what they're accustomed to. And they don't want to be removed from that situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, despite how dysfunctional, you know, the outsider looking in might believe that it is, it's what the child knows and all the child has known. All right, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue the conversation about uh, foster care, the system, and how to become a resource parent. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any foster care testimonials, any questions or comments about how to become a resource parent. If you have any questions about child custody, we'll get into that as well. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined in studio today by Craig Robertson, founder and managing partner of Robertson and Easterling. And also joining us is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And today we're talking about foster care and resource parenting. We'll also get into child custody in Mississippi a little later in the show. But if you're listening this morning and you have any personal experiences with foster care, maybe a testimonial, uh, maybe you're interested in becoming a resource parent, you want to give us a call. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about child custody, maybe you're in a situation and you need a little advice or insight about how the laws in Mississippi work when it comes to child custody or foster care. Uh, all our lines are currently open. We'd love for you to join the conversation. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. So, Craig, while you were talking, um, I was thinking about uh, the financial responsibility uh, when it comes to uh, individuals who are resource parenting. So are there some financial resources? Are those individuals who are resource parents uh, completely financially responsible for the children once they're in their care? Well, the children typically have medical care provided for them through Medicaid. They also, the, the parents who are licensed also have small board payments that are available for them, but certainly it doesn't take 100% of the financial responsibility. Again, this is just a calling for folks, and so there are these resources available to them, and that's one of the reasons. So when a child is removed from a home, 
a lot of times they'll be placed immediately with with family. And of course, those family weren't expecting to have their whether it be their grandchild or their niece or nephew placed with them. And so one of the goals of the state is to have those families trained. And one of the benefits of receiving the training, not um, other than just the information that's necessary, is so that they can qualify for the board payment that's available for the children um, that they're caring for. So um, what about the process when it comes to, I guess, kind of holding everyone else in the home accountable? So uh, if you're single, you're single. But if there's a whole family involved, you have children, are their backgrounds looked into as well? How is the, the safety they abso- measured? They absolutely are. So, again, the, what's happening is an assessment of the home is happening. So step one, from the, from the at least from the Rescue 100 process, is concerned. Step one is information and orientation. Hey, this is what foster care is all about. Step two is actually going through the PATH training, and that's the intensive training that happens. Typically, when um, it's conducted by CPS, it happens over several weeks in a row, and when it when it happens through Rescue 100, it happens over this intensive weekend. But other training that's involved is there's bloodborne uh, pathogen training. In other words, that's uh, helping to deal with illnesses that um, that occur through the blood. Also, CPR training. There's car seat training. And um, the last and most important uh, piece of qualifying a resource parent is the home study. And so what happens with a home study is a social worker is going to physically come into the potential resource home uh, at least three times, and they're going to assess the home for safety, um, assess uh, the environment, other people who are living in the home. And so it really is a relatively involved process, and that's what makes Rescue 100 so unique is that we've condensed this because of the desperate need for new foster parents. All right, we have a couple calls to get to. John is in Macomb. Uh, good morning to you, John. You're on the air. Uh, yes, ma'am. How y'all doing this morning? Doing well. Good morning. Uh, what I wanted, I wanted to ask you something. Y'all was talking. Um, I was born in uh, Cherokee, North Carolina, born on the Indian Reservation, and I have two last names. And uh, I never went to school, no school record or anything. I went into service on the Jones, and uh, they was telling me I've been in Mississippi 38 years, and they're going to say that I'm going to have to have a birth certificate. But they can't find one. So now, what legal things that I could do to, to get something done? This is a little bit outside my area of expertise. Uh, obviously, when being born on an Indian reservation, that creates a whole new... Um, a lot of people don't realize, I didn't even realize until I became a, a, a law student, that there are, you know, the Indian reservations are autonomous in a lot of ways, um, at least when it, you know, the state, the, the states typically deal with birth records, but there is a certain level of autonomy that the Indian reservations have with regard to caring for its citizens. And so if uh, if you've exhausted all other remedies, my recommendation would th- there's a pr- procedure by which you can petition to create uh, a new birth certificate based on the information that's available. Uh, but it, it's rel- it could be relatively involved. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I was just wondering because when I got out of service, I spent two years in, in Tampa, Florida, deportation, but they wanted to send me back across the pond. Hmm. So I've been dealing with that for, for I'm 80 years old now, and I know that all this terrorist stuff is going on. You don't have a birth certificate. They figure you're not a citizen of the United States, you know. Yeah. Uh, John, thank you for your call. Uh, Professor Gershon, did you have anything to add? 
Well, John, I, I think Craig's advice is good. Uh, you know, start uh, and say there, there should be a record of your birth somewhere, uh, you would hope. But the fact that you've served in the military for this country, uh, you know, obviously there was some some acceptance uh, there that you would, uh, you know, that you, you are a U.S. citizen. And I think that could, would go a long way as well. It's, yours, yours is a very unusual circumstance, and, and uh, I have not heard of that before. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, John, thank you for your call, and uh, good luck to you. We appreciate you calling in today. Uh, we're going to stay on the phones. James is in South Mississippi with a question. Good morning, James. What do you have for us today? Yes, uh, one of your guests mentioned uh, about a lawsuit. Hello? Oh, yeah, we're here, uh, James. Um, anyway, you said something about a lawsuit and the effects it had and all, and I was curious about that. I think it was the Olivia Wise. That's right. So what happened was Mississippi, several years ago, there was an outside group uh, called Children's Rights. I think the, the group has actually changed now, but essentially they um, sued the state of Mississippi because of the state of disrepair of the um, foster care system. We uh, unfortunately, Mississippi has the highest incident of reabuse um, of all the states. In other words, when a child is removed from a home, Mississippi has the highest incident where a child could be hurt again in the new uh, placement of that child. And so, uh, this lawsuit was brought against the state of Mississippi, and the result of the lawsuit was a massive settlement that has created these sweeping reforms across the foster care system. And so that is um, not the only motivating factor, but one of the motivating factors for the extensive change that we have seen take place. And again, our effort um, through Rescue 100 is to help increase the number of non-relative families which are available to potentially take uh, children into their home when the need arises. And with that, it also frees the state up to license those families that might be relative placements. So, in other words, child is removed from mother's home, placed with the grandmother, and that frees up some of the state's resources so they can license the grandmother and properly equip her to care for the child. So, um, I, yeah, I'm... I'm ashamed to say, as a family, and I've been a family law attorney practicing high-end divorce and child custody and adoption for almost 20 years now, and I'm ashamed that before starting um, 200 million flowers and really stepping into the adoption and foster care world, I knew very, very little about it. And I would say, even me as a specialist, a family law specialist, uh, most people are are simply unaware of the state uh, of crisis that our foster care system is in. Now, I am encouraged that. Um, Director Chandler and uh, Christy Plotner um, and others that are kind of leading the charge through uh, the changes um, through the leadership of our governor that we're going to see um, just a huge turnaround here um, in the next um, really in a short period of time. The goal of Rescue 100 is to train over 200 new resource parents in the next uh, two years. That would increase the number of resource parents that we have by close to 20%. There's about 500 non-relative resource parents right now in the state. To give, to give a little perspective, and, you know, we, we talk about separation of church and state, but this is one situation where the, uh, the church really can be the solution to this problem. The Mississippi is right in the heart, the, the center, the pulse of the Bible Belt, and there are over 7,500 churches throughout the state of Mississippi. At any given time, it depends on it depends on the day because kids go in and out of the system. There are about five thousand 
children that are touching the foster care system in some way. So if you, if you think about that, really, if one family from each church in Mississippi uh, would answer the call to foster care, we would have, we would have a list of, of families that are waiting to receive children as opposed mm-hmm. to the other way around. Right now, my friends who, who foster, and again, they're heroes, that the people who step into that, they, um, they get calls all the time. They might have uh, one child, two children, sometimes three children placed with them, but their phone will ring off the hook every week for the workers on the front line looking for great placements for um, these kids. So if you can hear my voice, I just encourage you that if this is something that's even remotely interesting to you, that you that you really dig in and do your research and consider coming to one of the orientation events because there is a desperate need. All right, James, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Um, and before we, we go to the break, I uh, wanted to talk um, a little bit about uh, if you could just kind of break down the different kinds of foster care. You talked about uh, some kids may stay with the family for a few days. So I, I assume that would be in the emergency care uh, category. But there's also regular foster care and therapeutic foster care. Could you talk about those? Sure, absolutely. So they're, uh, the regular foster care is a child removed from a home that has no particular special emotional or health needs, and that child um, goes into a, a regular home. But there's also therapeutic foster care, and those those children are um, have more challenges. They ha- it might be physical challenges, it might be emotional challenges, they might have um, suffered some type of abuse. They um, certainly all these kids have been exposed to trauma. Um, and, and so that's why you call these parents heroes, because they kind of go into it knowing uh, that, that things may be challenging and that, that they're going to have to, you know, really uh, pay attention to these children. And they still, uh, out of care, go ahead and bring them in. Yeah, a hero is somebody who steps into something that they know is going to be really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And fostering uh, specifically a child with special needs is something really difficult to do. Our um, our church relations director, there, he and his wife are fostering a child um, who has um, special medical needs and this the level of care that they provide uh, the uh, you know they're they're in doctor's appointments two or three times a week and so it's it takes a real special person to step into it so essentially three three basic types of foster care you've got uh, emergency respite care and the idea with that it's a short-term placement usually less than 72 hours uh, could be on an emergency basis, could be to give a foster parent a break for whatever reason because of an illness or, you know, a, um, a, a travel that's unavoidable. And then you also have the regular foster uh, care and then, of course, therapeutic foster care. And that's with the children who have a higher level of care necessary. And also it's a higher level of training. And usually it's specific to the particular child. So, you know, not all therapeutic foster children, just like not all children are alike. And so some children need a higher level of of care therefore a higher level of training for the resource parent and craig you know we we have a a hero here uh, we have one of our faculty colleagues who uh, has been a resource parent and um, you know she she would take a, a child to a dentist that had never been to a dentist before and never gotten dental care you know buy new clothes for a child that hadn't had new clothes i mean it really is amazing how just a little thing can be such a, a an important thing to that child Absolutely. Absolutely. And you hear those stories time and time again. That's why, look, I, I, do, a, I do divorce for a living, but adoption is, um, is, such a, um, is, is such a great balance for me because, you know, uh, I've heard actually Professor Bell, who I know has been on this show before, talk about that, um, you know, in, with faced with a divorce, a lot, the, 
the people walking through it are oftentimes great people that are at their very worst behavior. And the cool thing about adoption and foster care is you just see the good in people up close and in person. And so, you know, caring for it's not uncommon that a child, unfortunately, might come in with tooth, uh, tooth decay or, you know, um, a lice in their hair or, um, you know, malnourished or uh, have, having received some type of, you know, been experienced trauma. And um, again, so for someone who to voluntarily step into that um, is nothing short of a hero. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll wrap up the conversation about uh, foster care and resource parenting. But uh, there's still time for you to give us a call if you have any questions or comments about how to become a resource parent. If you have any foster care testimonials, personal experiences you'd like to share, you can give us a call. And we're also going to transition into talking about child custody in Mississippi. We'll talk about the different types of custody, also visitation. Uh, Does a mother always get custody of her children? What factors determine who gets custody? Call us at 877. Seven MPB ring. If you have any questions about foster care or child custody in Mississippi, that's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All our lines are open. You can also email us legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent in studio today with Craig Robertson. And on the phones joining us is Professor Richard Gershon. He is the uh, professor at the University of uh, Ole Miss School of Law. Today we've been talking about the foster care system, uh, how to become a resource parent, what children uh, are in need of foster care. And we're going to talk about child custody in Mississippi in just a moment. But if you're listening, you have any questions or comments about foster care, how to become a resource parent. Uh, Maybe you've been a part of the foster care system, you have a testimonial or personal experience you'd like to share with us, uh, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. And we're going to talk about child custody in Mississippi, the different types of custody. Uh, Also, if you have any questions about visitation, maybe you're a parent and you're struggling to get uh, some visits with your children. Does a mother always get custody of the children? We'll talk about what factors go into determining custody. 877-MPB-RING is the number. We do have some lines open. That's 877-672-7400. Or six four or email legal terms at mpbonline.org. Uh, so, Craig, just to kind of uh, wrap things up, could you just reiterate um, what what children are the most in need of foster homes? Number one, and how if someone is on the fence about becoming a resource parent, uh, what what can help them go ahead and, and decide whether or not this is something they they can do? Right. So, the children who are most in need are are teenagers or sibling groups where. A family has a capacity to take in two or three children so that we can keep sibling groups together. Children who've been sexually abused, um, who have psychological um, or developmental uh, delays or issues, and uh, these children who need to be taught new coping mechanisms, children who act out aggressively sexually, children with special medical needs. So these, um, these children... You know, need uh, great Mississippians to step up to care for them. And, again, the best way right now 
for someone to be trained to be a foster parent is through the Rescue 100 program. They can find out more about that at rescue100.org. There are orientations that are taking place right now. There's one tonight. There's one on Thursday in Brandon. There will be one on Monday in Columbus, uh, one uh, on Valentine's Day. What a great Valentine's uh, Day um, celebration uh, would be to learn more about foster parenting, and that's in Tupelo on February the 14th. And the training weekend is going to happen the weekend of February the 24th in Oxford. And the, the one-hour orientation is a prerequisite to, to go through the training weekend. How often do sibling groups uh, get separated? Is that an issue? Unfortunately, it is an issue. You know, certainly even in the child custody world that we're going to talk about here uh, soon, you know, what, what is more um, essential than to try to keep siblings together, if at all possible? But unfortunately, because of capacity, because of the shortage of foster uh, homes, resource homes, oftentimes siblings do have to be separated, even though it's not ideal. So um, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and talk about child custody in Mississippi. But if you had any uh, questions about foster care in Mississippi, you can give us a call, 877-MPB-RING, Resource Parenting, How to Become a Foster Care Parent. You can call us if you have any testimonials or pers- personal experiences you'd like to share. We'll take those questions and comments as well. Uh, we do have some lines, uh, some lines open, but somebody on the line, Bernard, is in Greenville. Good morning, Bernard. What do you have for us today? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm a grandparent, and uh, my wife uh, and I, you know, we have a bond with our grandkids, and my son has two kids by this young lady, and they're always into it. And uh, so when they get into it, she doesn't want to see the grandkids. So I was just wondering, what's the, uh, as far as the legal right for us just to visit, spend the weekend with our grandkids? Right. So there is a provision, a statutory provision for grandparents' visitation rights in Mississippi. And it there are certain qualifications, and it depends on the pre-existing relationship that uh, grandparents have with uh, their grandchildren and the extent of that relationship. And so there is, um, you might actually qualify for a statutory provision called grandparents' visitation rights. Now, grandparents' visitation rights are not going to be as extensive as a non-custodial parent's rights. Um, So you hear, you know, typically you'll hear about um, a non-custodial visitation's rights being every other weekend, shared holidays, extended period of time in the summer. And so a grandparent is not going to be able to enjoy that extensive of uh, contact with their grandchildren. But there is a statutory provision that you might qualify for. Um, And so I would totally recommend that you contact a a, a local family law specialist who might could um, evaluate your specific circumstances and to see whether or not you qualify. Greg, that always makes me a little bit sad that, you know, we need a statute to say that the children should have time with their grandparents or their children uh, should have time with their their father or their mother when the parents are no longer married. I mean, uh, we got to keep in mind that the children really um, deserve to have these relationships, they're important to them. And, and you know, the fact that we need laws and, and lawyers to, to support that, I, I really do wish people in, even in a bad situation like divorce or um, where there may be estranged from family members would not uh, keep their kids from seeing uh, people that they should have natural relationships with. I couldn't agree with you more. The you know, it's we talk about it in family law world all the time, the best interest of a child. But, but truly it goes back to, you know, this is sacrificial love that one has for a child. And I am of the opinion, and, and I'm even more so of the opinion now that I've been walk, working in foster uh, care and helping to train um, foster parents, is that the more people that love a child, the better. 
And, you know, a child is formed through the love of of their mom and their dad and those um, specific um, attributes that um, each parent uniquely brings to a child. And that's how the child is going to grow to their God-given potential. And um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, again, grandparents' access to the kids are equally important. And we do have a statutory provision uh, for that. All right, Bernard, thank you so much for your call, and uh, good luck to you. We appreciate your call. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Uh, We've been talking about foster care in Mississippi, and we're talking about child custody right now. If you have any questions about your visitation rights as a parent or grandparent, you can give us a call, and and the number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. Frank is in Jackson. Good morning to you, Frank. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Doing great. Great, thanks. I have to agree that anybody who adopts a foster child is definitely a hero because I have heard and seen enough baby mama and baby daddy stories, conflicts, altercations, violence, that the concept of when you adopt a foster child, you basically adopt their whole family. Hmm. No matter what the courts say, no matter what structures are put in to protect uh, both the child's ability to see their biological family and to protect the uh, the adopter or the uh, person who is being the foster person. But a person really has to pray a long time and consider the ramifications of adopting a child and basically their whole family, their whole, their whole child's family history. Um, what has been your experience? Hopefully it will be reassuring uh, about how these problems are handled or if they do or do not occur, and how often do they occur? Right. Thanks. That's a great question. And, you know, the 200 Million Flowers was actually initially inspired by a couple of friends of mine who were adopting internationally. They were expressing to me as a lawyer that they uh, were frustrated with the home study process. They didn't feel like it was moving um, as quickly as it could be, and that it was super expensive. It is super expensive to adopt a child internationally. But the reason, other than being called to a specific country or called to um, the heartbreaking um, reality of what um, the breakdown of certain social systems are in other countries, the the reality is it feels a little, it, it although it's from across the world, it, it's a little safer because there is not that um, that piece of, the extended family, and that's one of the real ministry opportunities, really, for people who are called to uh, foster parenting is the opportunity to help display to this this um, family from which the child was removed what a healthy family dynamic would look like. Uh, again, I, I talk about Jamie Wiley, our um, are um, uh, the pastor on staff with Tutor Man Flowers. And, and that's one of the unique things that he and his family and his church family have been able to do is really wrap their arms around around the, the family of origin of these children and to model for them what um, what more healthy parenting can look like. Thank you so much for that call, Frank. We appreciate it. Uh, and we uh, need to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Anne in Gulfport who has a question. We'll talk with her, and uh, we'll continue the conversation about child custody in Mississippi. We've also talked a lot about foster care today and resource parenting. If you have any questions or comments about that, give us a call. In addition, if you are a parent or grandparent, you have questions about your visitation rights, give us a call. If you're recently divorced and you have questions or comments about your custodial rights, 877-MPB-RING is the number. We do have some lines open. The number is 
877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Illegal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Craig Robertson and Professor Richard Gershon. Today we've been talking about foster care and resource parents. If you have any questions or comments about the foster care system or how to become a resource parent, there's still some time for you to give us a call. We're also talking about child custody in Mississippi. If you have any questions about your visitation rights as a parent or grandparent, your custodial rights, uh, if you've just gotten divorced, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Uh, all right, we're going to go to the phones. Anne is in Gulfport. Good morning, Anne. What do you have for us? today. Hello, Ann. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Um, I just wanted to know if there was an age limit uh, for resource parents. It's a good question. Yeah, the the minimum age requirement is 21 years of age. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if there's a a maximum age requirement. I can tell you that that um, sometimes older resource parents are the most ideal because they, they might have already raised their biological children and they still, you know, have the, the capacity within their home. And so oftentimes empty nesters are the best resource parents. All right. Thank you. You're welcome, Ann. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, okay, so, Craig, we have uh, about four, four minutes left. Um, could you tell us what are the two different types of custody in Mississippi? Sure. I explain it to people all the time that there are uh, two types of custody in Mississippi. You have legal custody, and legal custody is the thinking side of custody. It's decision-making. It's where's your child going to go to school? Where's your child going to worship? Um, in the unlikely um, event that's there was some major medical decision that had to be made, who's going to make that decision? Physical custody is who a child lives with most of the time. Now, married parents have joint legal and physical custody of their children. Um, but when it, when parents separate, oftentimes courts have to uh, make a decision as to what that parenting arrangement is going to look like. And um, that's where the court makes that determination of legal and physical custody. There's oftentimes this period of um, what I like to call chaos. I call it the storm before the calm. After, let's say, a married couple is living together and they have two children and they they separate, the husband moves out for whatever reason. And so there's this period of of jostling where things are uncertain with regard to what a custodial arrangement is going to look like. I often try to encourage parents that as quickly as possible to try to get into a routine for the benefit of their children, even, you know, in this period of transition. All right, Kathy is in Mississippi, our last caller of this show. Good morning, Kathy. What do you have for us today? Hello. Hey, Kathy, make sure your radio is off in the background, please. Yes, it's off. I have a question for a foster parent. I don't know whether this lady, she's from out of town. All I know, she came from California somewhere, but she had these foster kids, and she pulled them out, and uh, she don't feed them and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And she live in a neighborhood, and so the little boy, sometimes he's like a teenager, you know, like about in the 10th grade, something like that, middle school. And um, 
sometimes it'd be cold when it was cold. She'd pull them out and make them stay in the garage and stuff. And wow. then we'd go to people's house and say she or send the police down to their house like he built and did something real wrong. Is anybody you can report those people to? That's a good question, Kathy. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Every Mississippian is... Um, I'll hang up and I'll listen to you on the radio. Okay, thank you for your call, Kathy. Every Mississippi, every Mississippian is a reporter. And so if there is a, a suspicion that a child is being neglected or abused, um, the Department of Human Services, Child Protection Services, has a, a, a 1-800 number that you can access on uh, their website. That number is 1-800-222-8000, and that is the, the hotline to report um, suspected abuse or neglect. All right. Thank you for that call, Kathy. Um, so, Craig, when it comes to custody, is it more common for the mother to get custody of the child or children? You know, the answer, early in my career, the answer to that would have been yes. But now with uh, more career-oriented moms and, um, you know, that's not often the case. Actually, by statute, neither the mother or the father is given precedence with regard to, um, with regard to caring for children. And it oftentimes depends on the, the specific family circumstances. The, the, we see more and more joint legal and physical custody arrangements where parents are sharing time with children more equally. And then sometimes due to uh, travel considerations or other considerations, that's not the case. And so, you know, it depends a lot of times on the particular chancellor, the particular judge to whom a case is assigned, and to parents. Um, I've represented many people who work out a joint legal and physical custody arrangement and um, that um, is it works for their family and oftentimes that that doesn't work you know the saddest situations are when parents have to rely on judges to make those custody determinations for them because really a parent is in way the parents of the children are in way better position to custom create a visitation arrangement custodial arrangement that works for their children and once again, what is the information for 200 Million Flowers? Right. Um, it's 200millionflowers.org and then rescue100.org to find out more about the Rescue 100 program. All right, Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Professor Gershon, thank you for being on as well. That's going to wrap us up here on In Legal Terms. Sam Wells was our board operator and Kevin Farrell was our call screener. Stay tuned. Uh, Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Butchers is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.